um, Turner Cliff, and this is session one. Whether you're listening on YouTube or a podcast, um, we're going to join session one already in progress, but I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Maybe you didn't catch during class, or maybe you're visiting my stream for the first time. Um, using voiceover is not an overnight process. It's a process that takes patience. It takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. I've been using a Mac since 2011. I wasn't really comfortable with not cheating and using Windows in a virtual machine until probably about 2016. So it literally took me five years. I'm not saying it's going to take you that long. There wasn't help sessions and a lot of lists back then just paid tutorials and do it yourself a couple things I want to point out to you is to make sure you always access keyboard help and you can do that by hitting the voiceover keys and the letter H voiceover help menu five items and let's explore what's in here user guide control option question mark that's the user guide you can just hit enter or VO spacebar on that commands help menu control option HH there's the commands, which will tell you what all commands are by dual, by describe. Let's see. Commands help menu. 15 items. There's 15 items in here, and I'm assuming these are categories. General menu. Information menu. Navigation menu. Navigation menu. 48 items. Go down one page. Control option. Page down. Go left a bit. Control option. Shift. Left arrow. Go left one page. Control option. Shift. Page up. Go right a bit. Control option. Shift. Right arrow. And then I'm going to veal right arrow back to the sub menu, which is the categories. Commands help menu on navigation menu. Text menu. Web menu. Find menu. Tables menu. So you see it has all kinds of commands categories here. Voice over help menu on commands help menu. Control back option. To the, back to the main menu of the help menu. Keyboard help control option. K. Control option, which is the voiceover keys and the letter K. You push those that key combination and then you push any key or any key combination and it will tell you what the key or combination of keys will do. Sounds help menu. Sounds this will let you listen to each sound and what it sounds like. Quick start tutorial control option F and command eight. This is a very important one. The quick start tutorial. Quick start tutorial control option F and command. I'm going to go in here for a little bit. The voiceover quick start. In this quick start, you'll learn voiceover basics as well as important voiceover commands to help you navigate on your Mac and use apps. You can exit the quick start at any time and finish it later. To advance through the quick start panels now, use the arrow keys located to the right of the main keyboard keys. On a portable computer they're located in the bottom right corner of the keyboard. The up arrow and down arrow keys are positioned one above the other, with the left arrow and right arrow keys on either side. Now continue to the next panel by pressing the right arrow key. To exit at any time, press the escape key. And as you know, Panel 1 of 20. And as you notice their voiceover gave me a lot of information, but it's also helpful, very detailed. You also notice that the voice changed. It slowed down at a reasonable rate so I could understand it or anybody else could understand it. I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but you heard him say, if you want to go to the next panel, head to right arrow. So that's what we're going to do. Practice what you learn. Many quick start panels include an area where you can use voiceover to practice the commands you just learned about on the panel. The quick start plays a sound to indicate when practice begins and ends. 
When voiceover starts and is ready for practice, you will hear the following sound. When voiceover stops, you will hear the following sound. Now continue to the next panel by pressing the right arrow key. Panel 2 of 20. Again, a lot of helpful, detailed information telling you what to listen for, how to um, continue, how to stop, how to get out of it. Again, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but just remember, to get to it, you can either do voiceover, which is control and option and the letter H, arrow down a few times and get to the quick start guide, or I think it's um, voiceover and the letter or the F the F8 key we'll 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 do that um I'll go back into that once we get out of here the voiceover modifier you enter voiceover commands by pressing the voiceover modifier and one or more other keys you can set the voiceover modifier to be the caps lock key or the control and option keys pressed at the same time by default you can use either as the voiceover modifier. You can change the voiceover modifier in voiceover utility. The caps lock key is the third key up from the bottom on the left edge of the keyboard. The option key is the second key to the left of the spacebar. The control key is immediately to the left of the option key. On a keyboard with numeric keypad, the option and control keys are also available as the second and third keys to the right of the spacebar. During this quick start, when you need to enter a voiceover command, you will hear something like, press VO right arrow, which means, press and hold the voiceover modifier, then press the right arrow key. For example, you press and hold the caps lock key, then press the right arrow key. Now continue to the next panel by pressing the right arrow key. Again. Panel 3 of 20. Very detailed, helpful information we're gonna stop there because again it's there's 20 panels I think and there's no need for me to go through all of them you know how to get to it voiceover keys which is control and option and the letter H arrow down a couple times and get to the quick start guide I'm gonna exit here and go fix and listen to the hint that voiceover gives us to tell us how to get to the quick start guide voiceover on finder desktop desktop so let's do I know we can do HH to get to the commands so let's see here commands help menu 15 items see so yeah voiceover and H twice is the commands menu and you just pick your category right VL right arrow and go into each one that you want to listen to desktop let's go back into the help menu and voiceover see voiceover help menu five items how do we get to the quick start user guide, guide control option commands help menu control user guide control option question mark control option question mark is for the user guide commands help menu control option HH just told you that one. Keyboard help control option K. Control keyboard help is com, um, command option K, which is voice over K. Sounds help menu. Sounds, which would tell you, will make each sound for you and tell you what it does or what it indicates. Quick start tutorial control option FN command 8. Control option FN F8. Sounds help menu. Quick start tutorial control option FN command 8. Yep. Control option FN 8, which is the function key. And I think that's only if you have the function keys not selected, which I don't. Um, as standard function keys. If, if I had my function key selected, it would probably not even include the FN key, which is great that Apple is giving voiceover the ability to kind of have some artificial intelligence to tell how your keyboard is set. And mine is a third-party keyboard, so that's even that's even better. So we'll push escape here. Desktop. 
and again we'll join session one already in progress and um, we'll see you next time Even though uh, Cliff has his own business, which is Stir It Up, I have mine, which is TTJ. We work together on most of the projects that we do. We have our own paid clients and so forth, but even then we often assist each other. We are, you know, brothers in Christ and we're all on the same team. And, and it, you know, I think I can safely speak for John here uh, because he's made similar comments. You know, we're all working together toward the same goal. We have our individual customers and so forth, but you know, it's not about trying to compete with each other. We, we want to work together. We can all learn from each other. We can all benefit from each other. And I've said all that to say that this particular class is really Cliff's baby. And I suppose we, you know, we, we would only be right to include John there too, you know, because he's more than a guest here. I mean, we're using a lot of his resources with his permission. He's been so generous as to allow that. And, you know, he does it every day. And, and Cliff uses the Mac every day. I am an iPad guy. I, if you want something done with iPad OS, if you want to make your iPad do things that you never thought possible, get in touch with me. I love the iPad. It's the go-to device. I mean, I use my phone, my, all my Apple devices, but that iPad is my primary device. And even when I travel, because I have a cellular uh, capable iPad, actually, I have two of them. So if I, you know, if I'm going to be gone for more than just, uh, you know, a quick going out to eat or something, sometimes I even take it with me when I go out to eat, because if I know I'm going to be in the car a while, I have that iPad. And that's where I do all of my stuff. I run my business from that and everything. And so it is at the end of the day, personal preference, right? But, you know, I, I, I'm making that point because we'll defer to Cliff and John on a lot of the topics here in this Mac course. But having said that, if you are going to choose to use a quote unquote traditional computer, and that term is becoming less and less relevant as every day goes by, because the iPad is a computer, the phone is an iPhone is a computer, right? I mean, the Apple Watch, yeah. they're all computers. But if, you know, just when we say computer, we still think, you know, we're from the generation, we think laptop, desktop, you know, if you're going to use a traditional computer, it is my assertion that the Macintosh is the way to go. And I love the Mac. I am, uh, I have right here before me a um, uh, 13 inch M1 uh, MacBook Pro. And uh, basically, it's my son's more than anybody's. It's really for the whole family, but he uses it more than anybody does. And uh, yes, I am up to uh, up to date on on uh, Ventura. I had not used it in so long that I didn't even know what it was on. I just figured that my son had updated it. And uh, you know, three or four days ago, I decided, well, I you know, I gotta help out here with Cliff and and uh, teaching this Mac course. Maybe I better look at Ventura a little bit, you know. And I realized that he was still on Monterey, so I went ahead and did the update, and uh, something went wrong, which rarely ever happens, but. It did happen, and I ended up having to, as Cliff said, uh, fully reinstall. The cool part about that, my friends, is that everything on the Mac, just as all your Apple devices, fully accessible. So I did not need sighted help even once during all of the processes of troubleshooting, trying to repair the disk, eventually just erasing the Mac and reinstalling. I never was without speech, not for a second. Everything that I did, what what VoiceOver calls the 
the boot picker, I think it called it, or startup picker, where you initially can choose to go into the recovery mode to, you know, to erase and repair and reinstall Mac OS and all of these things connecting Matt, to Wi-Fi. I just want to stop you just for one quick second, because we lost a very good friend this past year, um, back in December. And he was actually with us for the first two classes. If you go back and listen to last yes. year's class, and you go back and listen to the first, very first one, I called it That's Month right. with the Mac instead of More with the Mac. Him and John gave us their insight on Mac versus Windows, for lack of a better term, and things of that nature. So I just want to take this time to for Tim Kilburn and his family. Well, let's give him about 30 seconds of silence just to remember him and what he'd done for the Mac and Apple world community. All right, Matt. Sorry about that. I just wanted to make sure we recognized him because he did help us out a lot when we first started with this Mac class. And, and just like John. And, we, and he is greatly <laughs> missed. Yes, yeah, he definitely. Keenly <laughs> I mean, missed. If, if John didn't have the answer, he did. And like I said in a, a little excerpt that I wrote up that I haven't put on my blog yet, if, if Tim didn't know it, Apple hadn't invented it yet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Tim was a fantastic guy, that's for sure. I just wanted to make sure that I got, you know, gave him the, his due because, like, I, like as, as all of us know, he has been a big asset to the the Apple world, the Mac world, especially for me and yes, John, yes, absolutely, his, absolutely. His his knowledge, his world of knowledge will be missed. I mean, we have John. John knows a lot, but John will be the first to tell no, you he, he didn't know as much as him. No, Tim. <laughs> Tim was the guru. Well, Tim. Tim had an an incredible. Uh, you know, and, and of course, I believe God given, I mean, he he remembered everything he learned. You know, that's that was the big thing is that he would be he had this this uh, ability to recall things that he did. And maybe it's because he had to do them every day. But I can't imagine he was doing everything that he knew. how. To, you know, he just he his he his mind was incredible. I mean, it yes. really was. Um, so uh, back to the Mac, we are looking at a device that is and and the, the what i was going to is fully accessible in absolutely every way which is really is true of all of the apple devices right whether you get an apple tv a, an iphone you know all of these devices have voiceover right out of the box not only right out of the box um but during those contingency situations like having to reinstall an operating system. And when I went to do this reinstall, that was for me relatively uncharted territory because I don't use the Mac very often. And even when I do use it, you don't have to do restores very often. Now I've had a few customers over the years that I've had to do um, system restores for like that. But the last time I ever did it was on an Intel Mac. So that shows you how long ago that's been. And so, you know, things have changed with the, uh, the advent of, of what they call Apple Silicon, which is your M1 and M2 and its uh, variants there. And so, you know, some of the, the keystrokes are different and some of the ways you do things are different. There are new features available in those recovery tools. And so this was really an area that I had never 
um, ventured into before. I I don't consider myself to be a uh, you know a full time Mac user or someone with the knowledge or skill of a full time Mac user. I have a uh, a God given talent where when I look at devices, when I look at you know these interfaces and so on, they just make sense to me like two plus two. So I can figure things out because he's enabled me to do that, and that's that's a you know wonderful thing. But th- this is the point that I think is is relevant. To- to you know, one of the first topics that we're going to teach in a, in a few minutes, and Cliff has asked me to you know sort of uh, expound upon this, which we'll get to, which is the as we call them predictable patterns. The the question arises then, okay, so if we are in this uncharted territory, whether it is restoring a Mac, whether it is uh, you know using a new website that we've never used before. Right. I spent about three or four hours last week. Now I did this on the iPad, not the Mac. Okay. But that's just because that's my device of choice. Uh, but I, I spent about three or four hours uh, researching, planning, and booking a uh, trip to uh, Florida for our family for Disney World and Universal Studios. And I will tell you, those are not the most voiceover friendly websites in the world. They're really not. Uh, they are tricky, they're complex. There's a lot to them, but you know what? And I give all the glory to God for everything that I do. So I'm not bragging or anything, but I will tell you, I got those things booked. I got them booked because I stuck with it and I did what I needed to do. So we, we still come back to the question. How do you do that? How, where, where's the list? Before where's the you, list of... Before you go into that, because I'm looking at my notes here from last Friday, and we did say that we were going to teach people how to turn on the Mac because we don't know people's skill set. So, John, why don't you tell us, because you've experienced the Mac Mini, the iMac, the MacBook Pro. I mean, I've even experienced the MacBook Air. The power buttons are different and in different locations on each device, correct? Yeah, you need to know exactly where to find them. You know, so, for example, on a Mac Mini, it's on the back. um, If the device is facing you, the back right corner uh, of the Mac Mini is the power button. You know, on an iMac, I haven't seen the new iMacs, but typically that's also on the back side of the uh, the panel. And then, you know, the laptops are pretty straightforward. It's usually the right-hand corner. Uh, they also call it the Siri button too. So as you, you want to make sure you know how, you know, where to find the power button and, you know, holding it down and you get the chime. The chime is back. Uh, it's been back for the last, what, a couple of operating systems after it disappeared. And for some reason, Apple decided to ditch it for a while. But I guess there was such demand that they brought it back, which I think is a good thing. On the, M1, on the M1 iMac, it's over in the, uh, the power buttons on the if you're facing the screen, which you should be if it's set up right, it's going to be on the left side in the back corner right next to what I didn't know it had because I use Bluetooth all the time, the 3.5 headphone jack. On the Intels, I haven't used one in a while, but I think it's still on the right. But on the M1, yeah, I, I know it's on the left. Right. I know they moved it. I just don't remember because I've never touched the new iMac with the M1 yet. So, but yes, you definitely... The, if, depending on the kind of Mac that you have, the power button is going to be in a different spot. M- laptops, uh, uh, you know, upper right corner, like John said, 
Mac Minis, it doesn't matter if it's an M1 or a Intel. Or an Intel, it's the same, yeah. It's in the same spot on the back. Well, if the ports are away from you, it's going to be on the back left corner. If it's facing you, it's going to be in front of you on the right. Um, I can say that because I have a Mac Studio sitting right here in front of me, which is basically uh, a Mac Mini on steroids. It's it's a lot thicker, has a lot more power, and doesn't, uh, you know, whatever. But on the, like John said, the, the MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs, upper right corner, usually where the eject button would be located, that's going to be your power button. Intel, iMac, right-hand side in the back. Mac M1s, left-hand side in the back, right next to the 3.5. Anything else that a new user, John, that you feel they should know after they turn it on? I mean, of course, you got to sign in with your Apple ID and do all that other stuff, but something that you may, somebody may miss by moving too fast. The, the general idea, maybe we take three or four minutes to, to cover, you know, we've mentioned Mac Mini, Mac Studio, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro. You know, what if we've got some people out there who don't even know the differences between these or which one should I get? Because I'm taking this course to see if the Mac is right for me. And, you know, so maybe we ought to just, you know, spend two or three minutes uh, very quickly just explaining those differences. So the Mac Studio, like I said, it's, it's basically a Mac Mini and a Mac Mini is a it's basically a desktop computer without no peripherals. It comes with no keyboard, no mouse, no monitor, no nothing. It's just a box. You take it out the box, you plug it up. Hopefully, you have a keyboard you can plug into it or a Bluetooth keyboard you can connect to it. Um, I don't use a mouse or a trackpad. I don't care for either one. I'm the keyboard king for a reason. Um, you you have to buy all these accessories to go with them. But, I mean, all these things that you have to buy are pretty cheap. I mean, you can just get... Some people think they need to buy the Mac Studio uh, monitor for, what is it, $1,800? I don't even know how much that thing costs. But... In, in theory or in reality, you can just go buy a $150 monitor or you can even buy a 125 HD TV that's 32 or 28 inches, plug a HDMI cord into it and plug the other end into the back of the Mac Mini and you're good to go. I mean, you technically, you don't even need, as a totally blind user, my Mac Studio sitting on my desk right now with no monitor hooked up to it at all. And that's what I'm on. It, it it has a Bluetooth keyboard um, uh, paired with it. It has um, a headset paired with it. My AirPod Pros, uh, not my AirPod Pros, but my, um, yeah, the AirPod Pro second generation. And I have a trackpad over here, but I don't never use it because I'm not a fan of it. When you get to gestures, you can talk to Matt and John about that because I can't teach you something I don't know. Um, same with the Mac Mini. You, 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 you take it out the box, you plug a... a a monitor into it however you choose uh, the $1,800 Mac Studio or you can plug in any monitor HDMI connection enabled uh, monitor into it the they both still accept corded keyboards um if Apple sells one it's called the ah, somebody help me out is, is it the magic or is yeah it the magic magic yes. 2 yeah yeah and the other thing some people don't realize is if you have a Bluetooth keyboard uh, Ma Magic Bluetooth keyboard. You can actually plug the lightning cable into it, and then plug the other end directly into the Mac. And even though it's Bluetooth, it will all it will automatically connect yeah, to it. And access a USB keyboard. Yep. Yeah. It would. It, that's it, actually yeah. how. That's actually how Apple recommends you first uh, set up a genuine Apple keyboard with a Mac. Uh, if you talk to their their support, that's what they will recommend. 
you know, they say you can go in and, and you can pair through Bluetooth, you know, settings and so forth. But really and truly, especially if you are using a Mac mini and you want to have that support right out of the box, they tell you, you know, just plug in because you'll get a lightning cable and you plug it into the um, USB. Well, now it's USB-C on the newer ones uh, port on the Mac. And that 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 sets everything up then with that keyboard and, of and course, it does make life easier because i remember when i first started setting up my mac minis back in 2012 and 14 when i first started using a mac i had to go grab a usb windows keyboard because the bluetooth keyboard wasn't paired yet um because when you get right, a mac mini right. it you know even if you buy a keyboard it's not gonna be paired with it now if you get an imac which John will talk about here in a little bit. But when you get an iMac, it comes with a keyboard mouse that's already been paired for you before they ship it. But a Mac Mini, anything you buy, you have to connect manually. And I, I, there's a way to do it, but I've never attempted it. So I've always just grabbed the Windows keyboard before they had this feature of plugging the Magic Keyboard directly into it and it automatically pairing. I always just grab a Windows keyboard just to turn voiceover on, get past the language screen, and then, you know, get my keyboard paired, and then I was done, so. Well, yeah, let's differentiate here, because I just want to make sure people understand the difference between the laptops line that Apple offers and the desktops. So the Mini and the Mini Studio, you know, those those are versions of desktops. The iMac, which is an all-in-one with the monitor, everything built in the logic board into one piece, that's a desk considered a desktop computer. And then they have the Mac Pro, which is the really big step up for the professional user who might be doing like video rendering and things like that. So those are the, typically the three uh, desktop line of Macs. And then the, the, the laptop models would be your MacBook Airs um, and in all the variety of MacBook Pros. I mean, you have the 13-inch, you have the 14 and the 16, you have the M1s, the M2s. So it's kind of gotten a little muddy in a way that that you know you kind of have to know what you're looking for yeah so th because this was because there was a time that i had considered getting a mac mini and hooking it up to our television just as you had described and you know i confirmed with apple that that is a perfectly supported way to do it they said it's not going to be the best display experience but it will work um but one of the other things you don't get then in the mac mini because it's not built into the the mac mini itself is you don't get a camera. So if right. you intend to do, and, and, you know, maybe we got some folks thinking, well, I'm blind, why do I care? But remember, the camera is not about what you see, it's about what other people see. Right, so maybe especially somebody wants Zoom. To see you. Yeah, especially Zoom, Zoom right. meetings that require right. some, you right. attend some meetings where they require a video. And I do have do. a little, and I right. do have a little so, $15 uh, USB connected camera right here on my desk. So if I do have to be seen, that's what I, was I can say. just pull it out. Right, you can, you can get a webcam logitech makes some and there's a lot of other companies that do too you know some some pretty well designed webcams but again that studio display very very high end in performance as well as in price uh, but it does include a facetime camera built in then so when you get that display you're kind of getting everything that the mac mini itself so just be aware and and there's third party there's our yeah, third party yeah. that make some displays that work with the mac like samsung makes one that's half the price now it probably is not going to do the same things that it does like dictation and siri but i do know that it has a built-in camera and the sound is pretty good and then then on the on the notebook side uh as john said you know macbook pro has several well of course there's macbook air 
the very lightweight, very, you know, uh, and, and, and still powerful uh, because they still have the Apple Silicon. Really now everything uh, has Apple Silicon except the, um, I guess they're still technically selling the, uh, the old Mac Pro yet, right? I don't think that's, I think that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. But that, there was that an hasn't Intel Mac yet. Mini. That, yeah, there's right. rumors they are coming out with. There's one rumors. Year. That's yeah. right. That's right. But the Intel Mac Mini has been removed, thankfully. Uh, the, going to Apple Silicon was, was, in my opinion, the best thing that's ever happened to the Mac. Um, because as good as Mac OS was, it was still hampered by Intel, in my opinion. I mean, people would disagree, whatever. But that's just, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's incredible. The experience is incredible. The MacBook Pro does have, you know, this 13-inch and then the 14 and 16-inch models, which were actually just refreshed this week. Um, and uh, again, as as John said, you kind of just need to know what it is you're looking for. Uh, all of them are very powerful. The M, uh, the the 13-inch still has the M2, uh, just not the the what do they call it? M2 the Pro, Max, yeah, um, Pro Max, whatever they're called. And M2 yeah. Max, right, right, right. So, and that's, I mean, most people, you know, I, I don't know that I've never run into anything on the, I've never run into anything that the regular M1 uh, can't handle. And, you know, that includes, we've done video editing, we've done audio editing, you know, um, and I like the 13 inch because it has the touch bar. It's the only model in the lineup uh, to have a touch bar. Uh, rumors are that that may eventually go away on that one as well. I, I really hope not. Uh, I don't hate the touch bar, but when I had one, I never used it. So, I mean, I'm I'm one of those who turn off the trackpad, so. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, here again, and, and you're going to learn, folks, that there's a lot of different ways to do things, you know, today and maybe uh, next week, just depending on how far we get, we will be talking about these predictable patterns and these fundamentals. And and once you learn those, you can do anything with any app, any website, as long as it's reasonably accessible. You know, but then Cliff and John are going to take you to new heights with keyboard commanders and with uh, keyboard shortcuts. You know, like some of you were in here when we were setting things up earlier and I was trying to uh, look at the um, how to stop the um, the screen share you know, and, and Cliff immediately knew command S because that's how he thinks in those terms of keyboard commands. Now me, I like to see it in the menu. I like to actually find out where it is and, you know, do it that way. So it, there's, there's so much room for personal preference in this whole thing. And that's why we kind of ask everybody what you want to learn on the Mac, because there's so many ways that we could go. And with all of this power comes a lot of complexity, but we can break it down for you into things that are very easily understood um the only thing i would just add is just to kind of circle around here again and and you know because you can be very overwhelmed when you like okay let's just say you are a windows user contemplating coming over to mac and it's a hard choice to make and i think like the, the really the two questions you have to ask yourself is the first one is Am I okay with a laptop? Is a laptop the thing I really need? I'm going to travel. I want to take this thing someplace with me. Or is it like, you know, you're going to be at home all the time. We're in an office where a desktop might be more appropriate for you. 
So that's the first question. And then the second question is, what am I doing with this Mac? Am I going to be doing really high-end professional stuff or am I just going to be doing the three R's as they call it in computing, you know, email, uh, web browsing and working with documents. And if, you know, if it's really the basics, then you don't have to spend a lot of money. And that's, you know, one point I want to make is, you know, Apple's always considered to be a lot of people shy away from Apple because of the price of their devices. But if you're smart, and you know what it is you're walking into, you can really limit. I mean, you're going to spend money. It's Apple. That's just the reality. But a MacBook Air might be the most appropriate thing for most users out there. When I provide that link to the YouTube page, if you are new or you are coming from Monterey, the first recording that you need to listen to is the one by John on system settings. It's no longer system preferences. It's laid out different. Things are going to be where you don't think they are. So that's a recording, a lesson that you have to listen to. If you don't listen to that and you're coming from Monterey or you're brand new, you are going to be completely lost. Now, there is some light at the end of that tunnel because if you use iOS, you'll be right at home because that's right. what it's going to look like. Yep. It's in a table. It's pretty much in the order as if it was on iOS. But if you're coming from Monterey or you're new, you definitely need to listen to that recording. Just to supplement what John said about the Windows to Mac transition, if you are planning on doing that, one of the things that I know that John and Cliff will both agree with me on 100% is when or if you are deciding to make that transition, you've got to kind of force yourself. Now, I understand some people, you know, your job and this and that. You got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, Cliff has a job that requires him to use a Windows PC for now. Uh, that may change, uh, but, you know, they, they may get him a Mac. But in the meantime, he has to do that. Uh, so, you know, whatever, that's fine. But where it's possible, as far as it's possible, you've got to force yourself to, to sort of go on a, a Windows PC fast and make yourself use the Mac and don't look at the PC even as an option to revert back to. When I started using the Mac, and I will be very clear, I was, this, this sounds like a, a, a stupid thing to say, and I'm, I'm saying it for dramatic effect more than for literal uh, interpretation here, but I was biased before I ever started using it uh, because I, I was tired of Windows. I was so, you know, you, you spend all this money to get what they say is the best Windows machine and everything, and it's still has the same problems that every other Windows machine has. Now, this is not meant to be a Windows bashing session, so I'm not going to continue on that soapbox. But that's how I felt. So I was ready for something different. And so I was excited about the Mac. I had a positive attitude going in, which is so important, too. You don't want to go into this with this, oh, I'll never learn this thing. It's just, you know, you got to have a positive outlook about it. So I already did that. But I also forced myself. I had a Windows laptop and I had a Windows desktop. I sold the desktop. I sold the desktop immediately. And I put the laptop in a drawer, which I could access if I needed to, but I didn't think about it that way. As far as I was concerned, that laptop was out of the picture. I, I did I the same thing, but I, I took also. it a step further. Yeah. I, I sold every PC that was in the house. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. And the best and advice so, that somebody gave yeah. me, you have to forget everything you know about PC. You got to act like this is the only operating system yeah. you'll ever need and want to use because if That's you what don't, you gotta do. you're, you're going to try you're going to try to use no 
<laughs> Confirm this for me, John. No Jaws command works on voiceover on a Mac for voiceover. Not one. There's parallels, but nothing. I mean, you know, the one thing you have to understand, too, besides getting rid of the PC and putting it in a drawer or selling it or whatever your choice happens to be, you have to stop thinking Windows. One of the biggest problems that right. I run into with new clients is they, their first questions out of their mouth sometimes is, well, you know, in JAWS, I can do blah, blah, blah. How do I do this on the Mac? Or is there a command that you can do blah, blah, blah? And it's like, well, you got to stop thinking that way. I When I teach people who are former Windows users, I do try to find parallels or reference points that they can mentally tie to. So there is like a similarity or whatever. But I always try to emphasize two things. Number one, you're learning a new screen reader. Number two, you're learning a new operating system. So you can't expect VoiceOver in the Mac to act like JAWS and Windows of 10 or Windows 11 or whatever you know, you were using. I'm gonna talk about how do we turn voiceover on before we can even talk about patterns and all this, we gotta make sure we have voiceover turned on. And when you're setting it up out of the box, uh, you know, there's, there's a standard command and you are familiar, if you are an iPhone or an iPad user, you're familiar with an accessibility shortcut. Well, the Mac has a couple and um, on my MacBook Pro, now this is my first question to, to John or Cliff, um, is this an option for MacBooks that don't have touch bars? And that is that I press and hold the uh, command key and then I triple click the, what is the, you know, power button or whatever you want to call that button at the, at the top right. Uh, can you do that on a Mac that has no touch bar that has function keys or do you have to do the command F5 if you don't have a touch bar? It's, it's command F5 for turning on and off. Um, you know, yeah, if you have standard function keys, you don't have to use the command. I think that's because there's no function keys. That's why that command is there for the touch bar. Okay, so that doesn't work <laughs> on on one thing. No. Function. Okay. Okay. No. All right. So um, you can. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and and you can also ask Siri. Turn yes. voiceover on or well, turn right. Siri has to be set up, number one. And if you're doing it out of the box, well, yeah, the first it's not going to work out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. When you set up right. your Mac, it's going to say, if you know how to use voiceover, I think it's the letter V, and it'll it'll go directly to the voice or it'll say push right. command F5 to skip. So, but once Siri's set right. up, yes, you can absolutely tell voiceover. You can absolutely tell voiceover or Siri to do that, that turn voiceover on and off. So, the, the keyboard command, now you've heard us sort of talking about it. It's command F5. So let's just very quickly make sure we know where command is because here's a situation where we don't want to think Windows. So let's talk about the bottom row of your uh, keyboard. Now I am going to be talking based upon MacBook, MacBook, you know, Air and Pro and the sort of standard default uh, keyboard that comes with the iMac, the magic keyboard with or without touch ID but not the one with the numpad. I'll let Cliff or John tell you about that one because I don't have that one. So on, a, on any one of these other ones, your MacBook keyboards or your basic magic keyboard um, with touch ID or what have you, your layout on the bottom row from left to right. So we're talking about, you know, you, I assume you know the, hopefully you know the basic QWERTY layout. Okay, you got your bottom row of letters, Z, X, C. You know, we're gonna go down below that to the bottom row. What we have, on the far left, 
what is now being called, I want to be correct about this, okay? What is now being called a globe key. That also can be a function key. And some people will continue to call it a function key even when it's got a globe on it. Uh, it can work as both. But it is um, down at the bottom left. And then directly to its right is the control key. To the right of that is the option key. And to the right of that is the command key. Another way of thinking of the command key is it's just to the left of the space bar. Now, the command key also happens to be to the right of the space bar. So you have two command keys. So moving on, you have your space bar, and then you have your command key again, and you have your option key again. So from far left, function or globe, control, option, command, space bar, command, option. I'll say it one more time in case you're writing it down and taking notes. Otherwise, you can go back and listen on YouTube. Globe or function, control, option, command, space, command, option. And the only now, difference with the extended keyboard is just right. to the right of that right option key, there's another control key. Otherwise, they're identical except for the well, numpad or the nine pack in the middle. I have the numpad and I... My key all the way to the left is control. I don't have function key. Yeah, the function that. key is actually on this. Oh, yeah, that I forgot about that part. Yeah, the function key is up in the nine pack. Now, so now that you know where the keyboard, what, what the layout is of that row, you understand when we say command F5, your function keys are above your, you know, regular numbers, of course. And uh, typically you'll have an escape key and then your F1, F2, F3, and so on. So if you press command F5, that is press and hold command key, while you're holding it down, press the F5 and then release them both. That is your voiceover toggle. That turns voiceover on and off from anywhere. And whatever the last setting is that you do is preserved when you shut down or restart. So if you turn off your Mac with voiceover on, your Mac's going to turn back on with voiceover on. Now, I'm not talking about the login screen yet. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Okay, just sit tight. We'll get to login. But just basically what I'm saying is when you turn on or log into your user account on the Mac, if you had voiceover on when you shut down, voiceover will be on when the computer turns back on or wakes back up that's and again, technically turn it off that's only that's only half right okay because if you have voiceover on when you turn your mac off or shut down unless you go into system settings and enable voiceover at startup it is not gonna come on at startup you'll have to turn it on or just assume you're in the password field type it in and hit enter right well if it's if you have okay, so now, to automatically log in and you leave voiceover on it will come on but if you have it set up so that you have to log in yeah you you need to make now that see i gotta now i gotta do this because cliff likes to pick on me so i was i was half right now cliff only got us to 75 percent Okay, we got to, <laughs> now, the, the distinction, <laughs> the distinction is between the login screen and your user account. So what Cliff is saying, and he is correct, is that when you turn on the Mac, if you don't have automatic login, if you don't have your account set to automatically log in, voiceover will not be on in the login screen where you have to enter your password unless you set that up in your system settings but right. and, and what, Mac's default to have the login window yes they do that's right oh. now once you log in though if you log into an account that had voiceover on it will still be on once yes. you log in correct so the 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 issue is there 
that login screen. And we'll tell you a little more about that as we, as we progress. But some people like to have voiceover come on automatically in the login screen. And there is a setting to do that. The other thing that I want to add, though, is it used to be that you had to add the function or globe key if you didn't have the F1 through 12 keys selected as standard function keys. That's not the case anymore. You do not have to use the function key. It'll work whether them keys are selected as standard function keys or not. Command F5 will. You do not have to add the function key or globe key anymore. That's right. Now, before we go on, let's talk for a minute about the touch bar. And why are we talking about the touch bar here? Isn't that a more advanced thing? Well, yes, technically it is, except for one problem. If you have a touch bar, you so far haven't been able to turn voiceover on because there is no F5 key. So I want to explain to you how this works. So the touch bar, for those who don't know, is an alternative to the F1 through F12 uh, function keys. And it's only available on the 13-inch MacBook Pro at this point. Um, it is, it is a, a, a control strip that functions similarly to the touch screen of your iOS device if you have one. And so when voiceover is on, you can use a lot of those same gestures to navigate the touch bar, like tap and double tap and swipe. But it is designed to be dynamic, which is what I like about it. So for example, when you're in um, the music app, you're going to have different touch bar options than you will in, let's say, the calendar app or the notes app or the pages app. It is, it is dynamic. It changes with the app that you are using. So to turn voiceover on and off, if you have a touch bar, you simply hold down the command key and then you triple click the very top right button of your MacBook Pro, which is the power button. And it is just like triple clicking your side button or top button or home button or whatever you have on your you know, iPhone or iPad. Um, it's the same concept, except you're holding down the command key while you do that. So for, for me, it's not command F5, it's just command and, and triple click that top right button and that will turn it on. Now, there are some um, things that will translate, but anytime we talk about a function key, I'll make sure I explain how to do it with the touch bar. And it is possible to make your touch bar emulate traditional function keys as well. But I, I don't want to get into that yet because that's a little further on and you don't need it for this right now. So basically just know that if you have a touch bar, you're going to do it differently. You're going to turn voiceover on and off anytime by holding down that command key and triple clicking the top right button. Terminology for all the others. But what are you watching? The Olympics, let's say, when you watch one of these things. And the answer to that question is you are watching masters of the fundamentals. You're watching people that are so good at the basics, at the fundamentals, that everything else falls into place or to speak to perhaps a different interest. If somebody wants to learn music, you know, um, I heard a song one time uh, when I was a kid that I wanted to be able to learn how to play. And it was Chopin's fantasy impromptu. Anybody who wants to check that out, remember that title and ask your Siri or your Google or your a lady or somebody to play that for you later. You'll be amazed at the song. It is crazy fast and it's a piano piece. And it does some, it's really, really awesome. I wanted to be able to learn how to play that. Well, in order to be able to do that, I had to know some basic things. I had to know how to do scales. I had to know how to do chromatics. I had to know how to do arpeggios. Because if I couldn't do those basic things anywhere else, I'm not going to be able 
to do the more advanced stuff. All the advanced stuff is, is masterful use of the basics, combining the basics in different ways to make things happen. So how do you restore a Mac when you've never done it before with the new recovery tool on M1? How do you book a Disney World and Universal trip on a very complicated website with outside help? You master the fundamentals and you put those fundamentals into use across the board. And voiceover is better than any other screen reader, in my opinion, at giving you the ability to do that. And I'm going to explain why. And then we'll talk about what they are. We're going to talk about predictable patterns. More than any other screen reader, voiceover has a few basic gestures or commands that you can learn. And once you learn them, you can go anywhere and do anything. Again, as long as the app is, you know, at least reasonably accessible or the website is reasonably accessible. Now, again, I want to stress that there are many ways to do things. And, and Cliff and John are going to be able to show you things that I don't even have a clue about because I don't use the Mac often enough. And they're going to get into keyboard commanders and they're going to do things in very different ways than I do them because I do these, I, I rely on the basics, but that's how I like to do it. But you can learn them. And once you know them, you can at least start using your Mac and you can start going anywhere. And the same is true with iOS. For those of you who took our voiceover in and out iOS course, you know, we talked about those fundamentals then. We talked about basic left and right swipes. We talked about single tap and double tap. You know, we talked about the rotor. Those are all basic fundamentals. And the Mac has its own basic fundamentals. Now, the primary means of navigating your Mac is with the keyboard. We are going to show you the trackpad because you can use voiceover with the trackpad. And if you're a really proficient iPhone user or iPad user, you're going to love trackpad commander because many, though not all, but many of the gestures are exactly identical. They, they completely transfer. And so you'll, you know, we'll show you some of that too. But I want to start with the keyboard because that's the, the sort of the default. And, and if you're coming from Windows and stuff, that's what you're thinking also probably is, is keyboard. So the, um, the keyboard, we've already taught you the bottom row of the keyboard, which is very important. Most navigation, well, first of all, let me back up and say that uh, just like, and, and I know we said don't try to parallel them, but occasionally they do, and, and they do here too. Just like in Windows, you have screen reader commands and you have operating system commands, all right? The difference is when you use voiceover, you're mostly going to be using voiceover commands because the way that you navigate your computer is with something called the voiceover cursor. When you turn on voiceover using the instructions we've already given you, if you have sight or you got sighted family or friends there with you or coworkers, they will see a rectangle that moves every time you navigate. And that rectangle sort of highlights the selected item on your screen. And that rectangle is called the voiceover cursor. So when we want to move the voiceover cursor, there's a, there are some commands to do that. And I'm going to teach them to you right now. So most commands, or really all voiceover commands, I suppose, um, use the voiceover keys. We often endearingly shorten that to just the VO keys, VO for voiceover. So what are your VO keys or your voiceover keys going to be? 
they're going to be one of two things. They're either going to be a combination of control and option, or by default, you can also use the caps lock as a as your voiceover key. Now, Cliff and I always half jokingly say we don't like to use caps lock because it reminds us too much of JAWS. But I actually have gotten used to just doing control and option because that's when when I started using the Mac, you didn't have caps lock as an option even. You know, it was just control and option to do it. Okay, but I just want to make sure we've got the basics down so well that they are second nature to us, as the expression goes. So if I want to navigate anywhere that I'm at and we'll anywhere we want to move, we hold down the voiceover keys. Let's say control and option. Remember, it could also be caps lock instead. If you prefer it, I'm going to say control and option because that's what I like. So we hold down control and option together and we will press one of the arrow keys, primarily left and right, because most navigation is left to right, just as it is on iOS. So think about your iPhone screen. You swipe to the right with one finger. You swipe to the left with one finger. Same thing with the Mac control option right arrow moves you to the next item. Control option left arrow or voice over left, VO left arrow moves you back to the previous item. And this is perhaps the most rudimentary way to navigate. There are times you're not going to want to do it because you have, you know, 27 uh, elements on the screen. You don't want to have to navigate through one by one. So there's other ways as we move on. But right now, that way is almost guaranteed to get you anywhere you want to go. Control option left, control option right, or caps lock left, caps lock right. When we find something that we want to click on or activate, it's VO space, or in other words, control option space bar or caps lock and the space bar. And if you are a if you are an iOS user who uses a Bluetooth keyboard, you may recognize these commands already because they are the same as they are on iOS and iPad OS if you choose to use them on there. So control option left, control option right, anywhere you want to go, find what you want, control option space or caps lock space. I'll just say VO space. I remember when I say VO, that's not actually the letters V and O on your keyboard, that's the VO keys, control and option, um, voiceover keys. So VO space, click on a button, you're going to dialog box, VO right arrow till you get to the OK button, VO space on it. You don't want it, VO left or right till you find the cancel button, VO space on it, okay? Just as simple as that. Now, when we start talking about launching apps, using the dock, using the, the launch pad, all these different things, navigating in Finder, we'll be able to give you examples of this. Okay, but I just want you to learn those commands for right now. If all you know how to do is that, it doesn't mean much to you right now because you, if you've got a new Mac, you probably have an empty desktop and that's all you can see. So you don't have anything to VO space on right now. We'll get there. All right, but I just want you to get those commands ingrained in your mind. VO left, VO right, VO space. Uh, we want to cover the elusive topic of interacting. Um. This is the thing that some people right out of the gate are worried about it. And they, they're, they're hesitant because they don't think they're going to know what this is all about. So I want to try to explain this to you. And I want to put it in a sort of a, 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 a picture first. I want to kind of paint a picture for you here of something that might make sense. All right. Um, let's suppose... Now, just step away from technology for a minute, and let's just, just think about this in broader terms. Let's suppose that we are going into some sort of a building. Uh, let's say it's a hotel, 
All right. We're going into a hotel, not one of those with like the drive up and park at the room, but you know, a hotel with a lobby and everything else. Okay. We come into the lobby. We can see everything around us. We can see the restaurant, the swimming pool, all this stuff. And then they say, all right, your, your room is on uh, the fifth floor and it's uh, room 587. Now we're going to take the elevator up to the fifth floor and walk down the hallway. Now we see rooms on either side of us and we're looking for 587. So here's 580. 582. Well, we know we got to go to the other side of the hall. Okay, that's fine. So now we got the odd numbers. So there's 581. We don't want that. We keep walking by. Here's 583. Here's 585. Here's 587. But if we keep walking, we're not going to see what's in 587. We don't know. There might be two beds in there. There might be a shower. There might be a TV, a coffee maker, but we can't see it because all we're seeing is the whole list of rooms, the whole hallway, in order to go and see what's inside that room, we've got to go deeper. We've got to unlock the door. We probably have a key card or maybe now we use our phone or our watch and we unlock the door. Now we can walk inside the room. And inside the room are all of those things that I said. We've got the beds, we got the TV, you got the refrigerator, you got the desk, you got the chairs, all these different things. And oh, look at this. There's another room inside my room. There's a there's a bathroom. What's in that bathroom? I don't know because I'm just walking by it. I want to see what's inside that bathroom. So I walk in. Maybe I have to open the door. Maybe it's already open. But I, I walk in. I go even deeper. I'm now three levels in. I'm in the building. I'm in a hotel room. And I'm in a room within a room. I'm inside the bathroom. So I see what's in that bathroom. Now, if I want to if I want to get to the bed, I have to get out of the bathroom, right? I got to leave the bathroom and walk back over to whatever it is that I want, the chair, the TV, the bed, whatever. It's outside of that bathroom. I got to leave that room. This is a beautiful analogy for interacting, why you need to interact. The way that the Mac OS interface is designed is such that it, it is using different... Um, windows, not like the operating system, but the apps are often in window layout. You can make them full screen. You can do other things, but basically there's a window. So when you launch a finder window or you open pages or you open the, um, uh, the messages app or the mail app, they open in, in a window on the screen. And inside of that mail window, for example, you've got a number of elements on the screen that contain information. You, it, it's, it's kind of a little bit different than iOS, which is always a full screen experience by default and which sort of has everything laid out in its own way, you know, tabs at the bottom and then you choose a tab and then you have buttons and so forth. In this, it's sort of different. On the Mac, you're gonna have on most apps, there are exceptions, but typically on most apps, you're gonna have a toolbar. And that toolbar is going to have a lot of the most popularly used commands, you know, like a new in mail, maybe a new message and uh, maybe, you know, some other things that are irrelevant. Or as you're composing a message, you have a toolbar that maybe has like, you know, bold and italic and font size and, you know, send the message and delete the draft and all these different things. Right. Now, you also may have a sidebar in certain apps and that sidebar has even more choices that 
are relevant to what you're doing. Uh, one of the easiest examples of the sidebar is the finder. The finder is the name of uh, what, if you are a Windows user, I know we said we weren't going to do this, but I just, you know, if you're a Windows user, you might think of it as like File Explorer or something. It's different. It's different on the Mac because the finder is sort of always running in the background. When you have your desktop and somebody says to you, what application, what app are you running? And all you have is the desktop. You say nothing. Well, you could just as easily say the finder and you'd be telling the truth in both cases. The finder just runs there. So when you have a new finder window, it's showing you your files and folders on iCloud Drive or on the desktop or wherever they are. And the finder has a sidebar when you open a window, not on the desktop, but when you open a finder window, it has a sidebar with all these different locations that you can browse to, like iCloud Drive, like your uh, whatever you set, you can customize what's on the uh, sidebar. Uh, but if you have um, a USB drive connected, that may show up on the sidebar. Your downloads folder may show up on the sidebar. Your documents, again, it's customizable. But, but that sidebar has a whole bunch of things. And then once you've selected something, then you have the area of the screen, which is like the main content area. And all of these things can and must be interacted with if you want to actually make use of them. And so when you get to an app, you open an app, and I'll show you this in a moment, I'll demonstrate it, or I'll let one of the other guys demonstrate it. But what you're going to see is that outward most view, like the hallway of the hotel before we went into our room, or we could even take it a step further and say outside the hotel, right? We see the beautiful fountain outside the gardening, we can't see what's inside there, we got to go in. So it's the same thing. When you open an app, you're at the uppermost layer of that app most of the time. Now, again, there's exceptions like Safari. Depending on your voiceover settings, it'll try to automatically place you inside the web page content just as a favor to you to make life easier, right? But, you know, so those kinds of exceptions. But basically, you're at the uppermost layer typically. And you can access these things, toolbar, sidebar, um, web area or content area, or HTML area, or whatever it might say. But in order to find out what's inside of them, you've got to interact. And equally important, when you are done in that area, if you want to do anything else, you have to stop interacting. And so I want to tell you the keyboard commands to do that. Um, and again, remember that you can use either caps lock or control and option when I say VO keys. All right, so to interact, it's VO, shift, down arrow. To stop interacting, it's VO, shift, up arrow. I like to do it, because some of you are wondering, I like to do the VO, control and option, and the shift keys with my left hand, and then the down arrow with my right hand, or the up arrow. Again, yes, there's quick nav, there's all these other things, but I think that's more advanced than day one. Okay, so I want to get this out of the way first, because you don't need to change any settings to do it this way. So you VO shift down arrow takes you deeper and you can interact sometimes three, four, five times, depending on what it is, because maybe it's like um, a group of buttons. And so you have to interact with the dialogue and then you have to interact with the button group. And then you can, you know, and so I'll demonstrate this for you. All right. But that's interacting. And then you stop interacting when you want to go up out to a, a less deep level, to a previous uh, sort of higher level. You'll also hear some Apple people call it drilling down when you interact. 
that some of the engineers yes. refer to refer to it as drilling uh, down. What is the the question that I probably most commonly get is how do I know when I need to interact with something? And the simple answer that I'd like to give is, well, when you can't find what you're looking for, interact so you can. Uh, but, you know, some people don't like that. And, 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 and you kind of, you know, feel the Holy Spirit saying to me, maybe you need to be a little more helpful than that. Okay. You know, for people who, who want a little more help. So here's, here's a little more help. Okay. You can look for keywords for one thing. For example, if you hear the word table, that probably means you need to interact because you probably are passing by a table that has a lot of stuff inside it. For the word group, you probably need to interact because it's a group of items that are grouped together. And so in order to navigate that group, you've got to interact. If you hear the word area, like web area or content, like HTML content, you need to interact. And certainly if you hear the word like toolbar or sidebar, you definitely need to interact if you want to use those things. I would love to show you a demonstration of, of this in some scenarios. What I want to do first is I'm going to go to somewhere we have not taught you yet. And that's the dock. The dock is accessed with VOD or control option D as in doc. And it is one of the most common ways to open apps because it puts your, by default, what Apple considers to be the most popular or, or typical apps, you know, it puts them there as well as recently used and other things. Now I like to use the launch pad. Launch pad is a full screen grid of all of your apps. So I'm gonna go to the dock with VOD. Doc, Launchpad, two of 26. You can hear that, right? You are yes. currently... Yes. Okay. Stop, stop right there, Matt, because I want to point something out. Most people use laptops or the Magic Keyboard, and you don't have a control key on your right side of the keyboard, so you're going to have to cross your hands. It's Windowish, I know, I hate it, but it actually works pretty good. If you use Caps Lock in the letter D, you won't have to cross your hands, and it still takes you directly to the dock. And by the way, mine is empty. I hate using a dock. I use Commanders. Oh, okay. You also can do Control F3 to go to the dock if you don't have, if you uh, you know, don't want to be a contortionist. If you have a a, a trackpad, you can actually do uh, a two finger uh, double tap near the bottom of the trackpad once you turn the trackpad commander on which we will teach later but um that's another way to do it so i'm on the launch pad launch pad two of 26 you are currently on application dock item to open this application press control option space and that's exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna press control option space uh and it will open the uh launch pad launch pad app store you are currently on the button inside of a grid to click this button press control option right, let me space just pause. you can press control to stop and resume speech oh now uh, i'm in this grid of all of my apps i can vo left arrow and vo right arrow to move through them so here's app store going app store. to the left because that's the first one but i certainly can go to the right safari mail contacts calendar reminders actually, notes in this app i can even go down and up too in this because it's a launch pad it's a grid a full screen grid preview photos right. photo booth 
calendar well, contacts. That those now, are in the order that you, you use them. Currently or, the, I mean, because that's not alphabetical order. So, is it the is this it is the, the default order, that, order that they ship from Apple? Okay. See, I have to ask that question because I don't use the launchpad and I didn't have no intention though. But I just wanted to make it clear for somebody who might want to. Right. Right. Okay. So. Go to Safari. Safari. I'm going to view on this. Finder, desk, Safari, start page, window, toolbar. You are currently on a toolbar. To interact with the items on this toolbar, press Control, Option, Shift, Down Now, arrow. you already heard, you just heard it say, you are, you are currently on a toolbar. To begin interacting, press Control, Option, Shift, Down Arrow. So, let's use our, what I've taught you. Let's. Let's do this sort of VO left and VO right arrow, just as I mentioned to you earlier. And let's see what we get. Full screen button. I'm Minimize going to the button. Left. You are close button. Close, okay, that's close, as far close. to the left as I can possibly go. So let's start going to the right. I'm in Safari, my web browser. Minimize button. Custom show search menu. Full screen button. Minimize full screen toolbar. You are currently on a toolbar to interact with the I know that if I want to see what's on that toolbar, I've got to interact with it. So let's control option shift down arrow to interact with it. In toolbar, 11 items show sidebar button. Now you heard it say in toolbar, there are 11 items. The button I'm on right now. Show sidebar. Show button. sidebar. If I go to the right. Tab group picker. Tab group is currently selected. Menu button. You are currently on a menu button inside of a toolbar. To choose this menu item, press Control Option okay. Space. Oh. To navigate items on this toolbar, press oh, Control Option. We know that, but that's a that's a menu picker. But I can VO space to see what's in it. Let's do that. Menu five items. And now I can VO up and down arrow. Check mark. Start so page. You are currently on a menu right item. Now the start page. Disney trip. You tech check. Lincoln trip. New empty okay. tab group. So you are new empty. We are going to teach tab groups. We taught tab groups in our iPhone class. We teach them in our iPad class. Maybe we'll teach them here, but not today. But for those who know what tab groups are, these are my existing tab groups that I have, and and they sync with iCloud. I'm going to get out of this with the escape key. Closing menu, tab group picker, tab group is currently selected, now, menu button. Remember you are that we are still inside of the toolbar, so if I go to the right. Go back, dimmed menu button. Show the next page. You are currently on the met privacy report, dimmed, show search menu button, bar to the left as I can possibly, downloads button, bar, selection deleted. Downloads button, share, dimmed button. New tab button, tab overview button, okay, tab overview. It. All of these things are inside of the toolbar. So if I want to see anything else, I've got to stop interacting. VO shift up arrow. Out of toolbar. Now I can go to the right some more. Vertical splitter collapsed on we'll left. Ignore that. You are collection. Oh. You are currently on a collection. To begin interacting with the items in this list, press Control, Option, Shift, Down Arrow. There's another million dollar word that I didn't even think to tell you. Collection. You got to interact to see what's in that. So let's see what's in this collection. VO, Shift, Down. In collection, favorites, section. Favorites, frequently visited, section. You are current, privacy, report, section. 
Now, interesting. I hear the word section. I wonder. Favorites section. In section 62 items, Avengers Endgame, Walt Disney World, Good Neighbor, Reg, every Disney movie. Yeah, look at that, guys. It read the sections. Let me stop interacting once there. Out of section. Okay. I'm in this, in this what it called collection. And listen. Favorites section. Frequently visited section. Each one of those. You are currently on a section. Each one of those is a section. Each one of those is what voiceover is calling a section. If I want to see what's in it, I have to interact yet again. Just as Lynn said, you can interact several times. I'm inside of a collection, and now I see... Favorites section. Favorites, but I don't see what they are. If I want to, I interact with that section. In section 161 items, current lifeboat rules. Vertical line favorites. Dim button. Show all. Toggle. Show alt. Favorites. Okay. Now. Out of section. Frequently visited sec privacy Each report. one of these I interact with if I want to work with it. And when I'm done in the collection altogether. Out of collection. Out of collection. You are currently on a collection. Okay. Now we'll go to the right. Customizations button. Customizations button. And that's all that's here because this is this. This is this Apple start page. So I'm going to go to another page so we can actually look at some content. And where is my search field? If you didn't know any other commands, the search field is in the toolbar. So you could do this. You could go left a few times. Collect vertical toolbar. You and are interact with the toolbar. In tool, go, go privacy, smart search field, search or enter website name, edit text, has alternate items. And there. You are currently on a text field inside of a toolbar. To enter text in this field, type. To show alternate items, press Control, Option, Command, Space, and select Show Alternate Item Menu Item. To navigate items on this toolbar. Stop that. All right, there's another good command. Menu, four items. The there's another good command to know. VO Command Space is, uh, is for secondary or alternate actions, sort of like when you long press on your iPhone or iPad, or when you, I hate to say it, right click on that other platform. So that is your alternate items. But again, what we came to this toolbar for was the search field where you can enter a web address or a search term. So you could say, you know, uh, stiritup.com, macfortheblind.com, ttjtech.biz, or you could do a search term like, you know, best lasagna recipe or or, you know, whatever. This is a, a this uses your default search engine as well. Just like on iOS, it's a smart search and address bar. Now, the thing is, how did we get there? We used fundamentals. We navigated over to the toolbar and we interacted until we, and then we, we VO left and right until we found the edit field for this address and search bar. I will teach you a command just because we're right here that will immediately jump to that search and address bar and it is not a voiceover command. It's an everybody command. And that is command L. If you just press the command key and the letter L, it will immediately move you to that search bar and address field. So you can type that way as well. So I'm in this. I'm just going to type a website here. Uh, a couple letters. acrumors.macr. Yeah, that's what I want. Unselected. Closing menu. Macrumors. Right. So we are now in, we went to a website, macrumors.com, one of the websites I look at every day. It's a lot of fun. And I'm going to stop interacting. So we're up at the most, okay, we already were. Okay. So we're already up at the most uh, outer level. Vertical splitter toolbar, full screen you button. Remember that? Okay. That's all there. Toolbar, vertical split macrumors, Apple news and rumors, web content. Did you, hear you that? are current. 
Mac rumors, Apple news and rumors. And it's, that's the title of the page. And it said web content. Notice the use of the word content. I told you that was one of them. And if you move to the right, Mac room, Mac room, Mac nothing, room. nothing. I can't access that web content. Well, how do I do it? Easy. You interact. Link. Skip to content. And now you are currently banner visited link image Mac got a tip for us link. Let us know link Mac rumors show link Mac rumors on Instagram. Now I'm looking at the website and I'll cheat a little bit because we're not really learning Safari today, but I'll use a heading navigation command here. Heading level two, seven items, police car revolving light link MacBook Pro space link Mac they're mini featuring the, the newest announcements. Let's go down to the next heading. Heading level two link Apple announcements recap new MacBook Pro head heading level three unity band heading level three you are current heading level two link home pod 16.3 beta how to set up temperature and humidity automation okay so there you go you are currently on a heading level two and I'll okay so that is again how that's the importance of interacting now if I want to stop interacting so that's that's interacting and and I've stopped interacting now so Vertical toolbar, full screen. So I'm back to that outermost level where I can see the toolbar, the full screen, minimize, close, close button, the mid, all those things. And and again, there are so many shortcut keys. Right? We see the close button here, but what you're going to very quickly learn that Command W closes the current window, and then as Lynn said, Command Q closes the app. But you know, the uh, your, your Command W would close this window. I don't have to go over here to this close button. Suzanne Herb has but left the, the meeting. The thing is understanding that I have that option. These are fundamentals that we can use to navigate any app. It doesn't matter what app I go in. Let me go into one other app just to, to show you that. Let's close this with a Command W. Close window. And let's remember command Q. Finder. I'm about to remember W only closes the window. Command Q will close the total app. And then you got a command Q to close the app. But let's give you one more example. Now I've not used the music app since I upgraded to Ventura, but I know we had some requests for it. Let's go to the launchpad. Doc. Launchpad. Launchpad app store. You are current. This time I'm gonna type the first few letters of the word music. So this is different from Windows. On a Windows machine, if you start looking for music you might type the letter m and you might find microsoft word and then you type the letter m again and you might find microsoft you know something else and then eventually music on apple you actually start spelling the word out so i'm going to do mu music there it is. application no space on that finder desktop that mute empty collection you are currently on a dialogue dialogue I think I you are currently on a dialogue. What it's window. not window shoot music muse dialogue. What it's not dialogue. telling you, Matt, is you have to interact with that dialogue. And that's probably one of those cases. So here again, you see that it just dialogue. Dialogue. If we interact. You are currently in dialogue. Start listening. Default. Button. And there it is. See? Perfect example. That one didn't tell us. Maybe it would have if I left it. Personal data use. Yours. Start listening. Default button. Stop interacting. You are currently on the button. Start listening. I don't know what's up with that. That one's weird. But okay, we're going to start listening. In dialogue, busy, progress indicator. Take listen now, collection. It's still basically ready. It's just doing that update. While it does, I'll make sure I'm signed in. Now, I haven't told you about the menu bar. Every app has a menu bar. Well, not every app, but many apps do. And the command to get to that is Control Option M as in menu or V O M. So I want to go up there. And I menu bar Apple V O right arrow. Yeah, most of them do. Um, let's see. Mute file. 
Song view controls account window account uh, space on account make sure I'm signed in account Matthew vault m dot account settings ellipsis sign out yep I am manage family notification find apps with authorizations submenu you still have to do that nowadays Cliff authorize the computer you do right unfortunately do yes, automatically you do. now no you have to tell it oh why the Let's do it. Authorizations submenu to get a VO right arrow because it said it's a submenu. Deauthorize this computer ellipsis. Authorize this computer ellipsis. VO space. You are currently on a m.jvo VO space there. Forgot Apple I m. Cancel. Authorize. Default. Password required. Secure edit text. I'll enter that. You are currently on a text. Real quick. Authorize. VO space. Now in music window, listen now, collection. And music is not responding. It will, just give it a second. Okay, default. This computer had previously been authorized. It has been reauthorized. You are current including this one. You have authorized one computer out of your available five. Okay, default. Now in... Now that's nice. It's because I had to restore and reinstall. It used to be they'd count that as a separate computer. That's really awesome. All right, hold on, right there. Your right internet there. connection is unstable. Um, tell people something here. You notice that when you punched in your, your Apple ID was already um, filled in, it didn't show the text box yes. for the password. Now, I haven't come up with right. a way to make it show, so you did what I would have done, and that's hit um, sign in. Once you hit sign in, the password wasn't there, so then it kicked you back and put you in that edit field. There are a lot of apps that are going to do that. Music is not the only one. I think... I almost called it stupid, but I think Microsoft Word, when you sign into it on a Mac, I think it does it, and there's a couple of others. The App Store is actually definitely one of them. When you go to the App Store for the first time, your Apple ID is going to be there if you signed in at setup, but it's still going to want you to enter your password because it wants to make sure it's you and that it doesn't have to, you know, send you and, a verification code and things of that nature. So you'll hit authorize and I don't sign know in. if if you. Go ahead, oh, Matt. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I don't I don't know if that's even a bug. I think that might be by design because it, sort yeah, it of does that on iOS, too. Right. It, it, you know, you 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 get that in case you probably in case you want to change your Apple ID to something else. You have that opportunity there. And then, yeah, you do. You hit authorize or continue. Yes, because on the Mac whatever, and I think and on the phone, too, you have the option to use separate Apple IDs for the App Store and iCloud. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's right. That's right. All right, so we're going to take a quick look just because I can use this as another example of how to put these fundamentals into practice. I'm going to VO left a whole bunch to make sure I get to the very top, very beginning. Zoom, multiple shifts. I'm in the wrong. Music, music, music. Okay. Close button. Okay. You are currently on the button. That's the close button as far to the left as we can go. VO right arrow now. Minimize button. Full screen button. Vertical splitter. Shuffle button. Previous, dimmed button, play, dimmed, next, dimmed, repeat all button, LCD section, group. You are currently on a group. There's a group. Let's interact with that and see if it has anything in it. In L switch to mini player. Switch to mini player. All right, just the button that lets us switch to the mini player for now. That could change, but that's what's in it And now. I was about to say, the, the, LCD reason, the reason it's like that is because you don't have anything selected to play. That's why the dimmed, exactly. or the play, the pause, and all that was also dimmed. Everything's dimmed. Because nothing is playing, nothing is selected. That's right. All right, let's go to the right. Mute button. 100%. Volume slider. 
you are currently on a slider. To start interacting with the slider, press Control, Option, Shift, Down Look arrow. at that, guys. It's a volume slider. You can interact with it and then VO up, VO down, or something to change it. Of course, there's other ways to change your volume, but that's one way, and it is a slider. You can interact. Let's go VO right. Full volume button. Airplay pop-up button. There's a pop-up button that I can use to choose an Airplay device, such as an Apple TV or a HomePod. Lyrics button. Playing next button. Sidebar table. Listen now. Play ah, image. There's something we can interact with, a sidebar. Let's do that. In sidebar, table, Apple Music, love, search text field, search text. Right, there's a search field in it. Apple Music. Listen now, play image, left browse, library, at recently added, artists, artist image, albums. You are art library, edit button, level browse, listen now. Look at all that. Let's stay on listen now and stop interacting. Out of sidebar. Let's go over here. Uh... Listen now collection. There's a collection. There's a collection. Let's stop. We'll start interacting. In listen now collection section two items. Section two items. Go to the right first. Top picks section. Recently played section. These are all sections, so I can interact with them too. In section ten items. Recently played button. See more. The Lion Guard. iTunes Live from Soho. Play button. More crazy. Single. Twenty greatest hits. Ultimate Elvis, Disney Princess, Dip Milk and Honey, Dip Frozen, The Apple Music Country, Where It Sounds Like Home. All these different options, because I interacted, and remember I had to interact twice, so if we stop interacting, Out of section. We're still in a collection. Out of listen now, collection. Out, out of that collection. And now if I go to the right, Listen now, collect. As far listen. as I can go in this particular option now if i change listen now to something else like radio or library or something it's going to have a whole different set of collections and tables and grids and i can even change the view like i can go up to the view menu here menu bar app view view sort show view show filter show play show lyrics show status enter full screen enter full screen you know, i can change any of these. show playing next command option show filter field show view options dim command sort by Submenu dip menu zero show view option. And there's nothing there right now because we we're pre, not in, pre closing. We're not in the library, but you can you can show different ways of viewing these things. There's column browsers, you know, all kinds of different options. But all we're doing, all we're doing, is using our fundamentals. I have done nothing else when I when I was going to use something else that I haven't taught you. I told you when I was going to do that, like the menu bar or the command tab. Or, you know, the, the heading command, which I didn't tell you what it was in Safari. But anytime I was going to use something beyond what I already told you, I indicated that. Everything else I've strictly done by using the fundamentals that we already learned today. And I can use one to close this. Now, again, I taught you command W. You could do that. But we could just as easily play close button. There it is. Now it's closed. Now we have to still quit the music app. As Cliff said, that, that close command only closes the current window. To actually quit, you have to uh, VOQ, or I'm sorry, not VOQ, command Q. So I'll do that. We are about to wrap it up for today. We're a little bit after three. So if you have any questions for what we presented today, please raise your hand. I knew most of this stuff, but every it doesn't hurt to go back to the basics ever. So, um... I think it's a good thing. I think it's Thank a good you. thing to go back to the basics and check it out.
Well, good. I'm glad, glad to I'm, hear that. I'm glad you said that too, Jenny, because I'd encourage anybody, even me. I check the the, the voiceover getting started guide every mm -hmm. two or three months because whenever a new operating system comes out, they always add new stuff that they don't announce. So it, mm -hmm. it's good to go back to that that getting started guide because you always will learn something new. I had I know I have the last couple of years that I've done Absolutely. it. Where do you go to set the automatic uh, log on, the auto log on um, oh. feature? <sighs> it's going to be different. My goodness. Um, you'll go to system settings. And I think there right. is a place called log on items this time. And you'll go into that. You're going to have to go into a couple rooms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but once you get into that room where it says um, enable, it'll say at startup. And you'll interact with that and you'll check the items that you want to be active at startup. Which one of them is going to be voiceover. Another one's going to be the zoom that makes the text bigger. And there's one more. But the one you want is voiceover. Check it and then real right arrow to done or save because that's one of the instances you actually do have to save. And after you okay. do that, voiceover from now on will come on at the log on screen. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, oh. can she can oh. she also, Cliff, because I'm not sure, but like now you just described how to turn on voiceover in the login screen. Can she also like if she's not if she's not sharing her Mac with anybody? Can she actually make her user account automatically log in as soon as she turns the Mac on? Yes, you could. I mean, that's a, that's definitely an option, and, and it's in the same area. But, you know, a lot of people want that feature because, you know, depending on their living situation or maybe they take their work to, their computer to work with them, they want to make sure that's enabled. But yes, Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. definitely an option yeah. For, yeah. to log on. <laughs>